So yeah, we have fun this morning, and uh, we'll have fun this evening. Going to carry on from this morning, so um, I'll try and catch you up with this morning, so that you, if you weren't here, you'll uh, know where we're at. Um, I'm primarily when I'm preaching at the moment is, is, is actually going through the story of Exodus, um, and so the overarching idea of that is that, that, that uh, God has set His people free from slavery, and He wanted them to come and live in freedom but they actually didn't know how to live in freedom because they'd lived in slavery all their lives. So, so, so although you could take them out of slavery, you couldn't necessarily take the slave out of them immediately. So they had to learn not to be slaves between their ears and think free. Um, and the book of Exodus, in my mind, is, is the story of that sort of training and the, the progress of, of these people um, towards living in the way that God intended for them. Yeah, and, and, and to be able to go into the promised land. These people were on a journey towards the promised land, but they weren't yet ready to, to take it and inhabit it. Um, and uh, so we've been looking at, and I looked at the story of the crossing the Red Sea today, and um, I mentioned that actually a few uh, weeks ago when I was preaching here on, in the evening about Moses using his authority, um, and because expects us to use our authority. Um, but the imagery that I, with the Red Sea is, is one I think of, you see, of, of people being born again, of, of moving from slavery into freedom um, and being set free from, from their enemies. I think it's also a picture of baptism. Um, and so this morning I was particularly talking about water baptism. And I will say this, that, that basically that, that Jesus said right on, for, in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he says, go, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, so how many of you would like to make disciples? That should every hand. If you're not born again, you can become a disciple, and then you might get to make disciples. But this, see, this is this is our great privilege: is, is to to reach people with the good news of Jesus, but not just to reach them with salvation, but to enable them to to to, to be discipled. Now, the word disciple means to be taught and trained. Um, and the first step of that teaching and training that Jesus points us to is baptism. Yeah, any problems with that? Well, we're just agreeing. Hold along, this is, this is the idea. Um, and I just realised actually we, we haven't been talking about that much in the last number of years. It's just one of those things you almost take for granted. But I just got uh, a few weeks back. I think it was an evening school. I just felt God prompted me to throw out there that people ought to consider consider being baptised. Um, so this is my, this is my uh, instruction to you. Uh, and Jesus thought it was a good idea. Um, if you've been born again, you need to be baptized. Yeah. Okay. And if you haven't been baptized, you need to be. It's as straightforward as that. Okay. So, 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 because the imagery of baptism is, 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 is if you like the burial of the old life. And, um, it's, it's, it seems, it, well, it's called a foundation of the faith. So in Hebrews chapter 6, it talks about foundations of faith, and it talks about baptisms, which is why I'm going to come on to the second baptism, which is baptism in the Spirit. That's what I'm going to talk about tonight. But I want to just talk about the first one, baptism in water. <clears throat> so you're, you're meant to go from slavery to freedom, and 
as that happened, they went through the Red Sea. They didn't, didn't just they go through the Red Sea. The enemies got swallowed up by the sea. Yeah, that's the image of, of baptism, that you've been brought through to something, but there's something about a public declaration of your faith, and it is a public declaration, it's not a secret thing, um, <clears throat> that it's important. And I, I said, it's, you can try and um, find reasons not to do it, but my question is, why wouldn't you? Not why would you, but why wouldn't you? And you say, well, I don't, you know, and I'm just going to give you a few tips. Um, uh, infant baptism isn't baptism in that sense because it basically baptism follows repentance on the day of Pentecost when people said well what should we do in order to be saved they basically said is repent and be baptised yeah? the ability to repent is a changing of your mind so it's not something an infant can do so inf- infant baptism can be a meaningful ceremony yeah? I'm not saying anything away from it but it's not the same as what the Bible is talking about because it's, it's repent and be baptized. And he also says actually that, that um, those in Mark 16, it says those who believe will be baptized. So, that, so but, but this baptism believes a choice, it follows a choice to believe. Um, and also, I just the other side of things, I'm, I don't know, I'm not trying to be knocking institutions or anything like this, but, but when, you, when you do a confirmation, a confirmation of something that happened as, as a, an infant, yeah? It, I, it can be very meaningful, but I don't believe it's the same as baptism. Okay, I'm just I'm, this is my personal belief on that. I just think it's it, it, and um, you say, well, I've got rather than do it. So, well, maybe, maybe not. Have an argument about it. Why don't you just get baptized? Yeah, it's, it's just it's simple. <laughs> it's, and. Well, I've already been. I don't really care. Just make sure you get it done, rather than get it, just get it clear, rather than than have any doubt about it, because it, it's, an, it's a found, fundamentally important part of your Christianity. Um, and so I, th- I threw it out this morning. And so if you think, no, not if you think, if you know you've not been baptised, following being born again, then I'm going to suggest to you that you get baptised. And Dave Webster over there, wave, Dave. It's got information. We've got baptism service coming on the 17th of, of February. Um, and I think, is it 13 people? 13 people responded this morning to, to, to this and decided that this is to, to be baptized. Yes, one, one on the back there. Woo, well done, Peter. So, at the end of, of, of this evening, before, before we leave, I, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to make a sort of public declaration towards that, okay? I'm just warning you in advance. It's not for your embarrassment, it's actually to help you because it's a, baptism is a public declaration of your decision to follow Jesus. And if you went back to the New Testament times, it was a very public declaration of very public intent, which people understood that you were stepping from one thing into another thing. You're stepping from this into a new life. And so it's very clearly understood. So um, we'll do that. But also alongside that, we're going to talk about baptism in the Spirit. Um, because, it, as I say, in Hebrews, it talks about baptisms. Now, where, where's, where does the first idea of being baptized in the Spirit arrive in the New Testament? Where's the sort of first references to it? Anybody got any ideas on that? Jesus' baptism? Yep, there's one idea. 
It definitely happened to Jesus at his baptism, didn't it? That's a pretty good image. Jesus gets baptized, the Holy Spirit comes on him. You've got no other reason for getting baptized. Follow Jesus' example. <laughs> it's just, I just can't say it. it's so simple. I don't know why people make a fuss about it, but I do know in one sense there's a spiritual battle that goes on over baptism because of its significance. It is. So just get it done. Just, just get it sorted. I don't mind what background you come from. Um, if you're part of this church, we're happy to do it. If you're part of another church, then, then talk to your leaders in that church because we want you to do this right up front. We don't want you to sneak in here and do it in secret. Nobody knows. It, that, that's, seriously, it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. I have had people come and say, uh, uh, will you, will you baptise me because my church minister doesn't want it to happen. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because I will not do it in secret, hiding it away from, from another, another church. I've refused, I have refused to do that because I think it's, 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 it's dishonest and it's dishonouring to the other church and disrespectful to, to that church. So I, I said, no, I won't do it like that. If you can get the agreement of the person that they will, they, if they don't want to do it themselves but they would agree that it can be done here, that is fine. But, but I won't do it in an underhand way because that is wrong. Um, <clears throat> so um, it actually talks about this, this will be the sign of, of Jesus that he'll be the one who baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and with Fire. Fire. Sounds like fun. How many of you have baptized with fire? Ooh, not quite sure. Water sounds all right. Being baptized with fire sounds a bit more risky. Um, but that's, that's a picture of Pentecost, isn't it? So it was announced. Now, this is, this is, what, this is what Jesus is going to do. He's going to be the one who baptizes you with fire. That's John the Baptist said it. I baptized you with water, but one will come after me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So it's John the Baptist who first announces it. He makes, he makes this declaration. <coughs> um, so it, it, then you, get the, you do get this, you know, obviously Jesus is baptism. You know, the Holy Spirit comes down upon him. It's a definite, it's, a, it's an event. Um, and uh, if you go through to Acts chapter 1, no, chapter 2, sorry. No, Acts chapter, well, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And he also told them, don't, don't leave Jerusalem until you've received the Holy Spirit. Now, he's talking to people who've had three years walking with him. Yeah. And uh, elsewhere it says of him, them that, that, that um, they hadn't yet received the Spirit because Jesus hadn't been glorified. So, so, so Jesus said, right, stay here, guys. <laughs> I'm going to heaven. Just be patient for a little while. Um, and uh, because you will receive the Holy Spirit. And when you receive him, you will receive power. And you will be my witnesses. You will be able to witness to who I am. So the receiving of the Holy Spirit in this way is actually fundamentally important to our mission in the world. It's not, it's not a, a, well, maybe, maybe not, snazzy up your Christianity. It's actually, it's, 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 it's fundamentally important to the way that we interact with the world. So if you have a look at um, Mark chapter 16. Here we go. The end of Mark chapter 16, from verse 15, it says this. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. So there is believes and is baptized. 
And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So that's the sort of stuff that's normal that will accompany anybody who believes. That's the activity of the Holy Spirit in us. You'll find it very difficult to do those things without the Holy Spirit. Even dangerous. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. If you want to reference to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, it's um, Matthew 3, verse 11, by the way. So, okay. okay, so <clears throat> you get to Acts chapter 2, and uh, on the day of Pentecost, yeah, obviously the Holy Spirit comes, and it, it, it's, it's a, obviously a, an extraordinary noise that draws the attention of, of, the, of the whole city, and you've got violent wind and you've got fire that comes to rest on, on, on all of their heads and they speak in other tongues um, and this crowd comes and they gather and they say wow how is this because we're understanding the language there's a there's an ability that that, that, that's been given to these these disciples to speak in tongues uh, that are the language of the people around now that is one aspect of speaking in tongues um, that is still uh, uh Active today, I've never done it myself. Knowingly spoken in the tongue, there is a, there is a language of uh, another nation. But I do know people who, uh, directly who, who have had that experience. Where they, they've, they have, they've got to speak out in tongues, and somebody says, "Did you know that's perfect Romanian?" <laughs> no, I didn't know. I didn't know. No, I didn't know that. Or perfect Chinese, which is even more tricky. Um, but yeah, that, so I actually specific, I know people personally who have had that experience. Okay, so it's not an unknown experience. But but commonly speaking in tongues for most of us is actually speaking in the tongues of angels. So I said speaking the tongue of men's and angels is that heavenly language, and it goes on to say that you can't understand it you know, in one Corinthians twelve. So so the, the the example in Acts is a very specific thing, and it's reaching a, a, a group of people who have come into Jerusalem from around the world know in their own languages and a very specific purpose. But in addition to that, when, you, when most of us speak in tongues, it's actually a heavenly language that you can't understand just from a human point of view. But you can ask for translations of it, particularly when it's given as a public utterance. Okay? And if it's given as a public utterance, then one is meant to ask for a translation of it so that it can be understood. But most of us actually enjoy it as a private part of our, our interaction with God and it says that God gives us the gift of tongues to build us up and it's one of the most effective ways I know of, of strengthening myself as a Christian so I've taught myself uh, trained myself to, to pray in tongues 24 hours a day um, now I've been doing that for more than 40 years now Okay, and I, I would suggest it's a really good way of strengthening yourself as a Christian um, I'm always going to, and the question is going to come, how do you do that? How, do, how did you do that? That's always the question, next question that comes. The, the answer is, it's not an intellectual exercise. Because actually, when you pray in tongues, you're praying in the spirit. So it's a spiritual exercise that I allow to influence the rest of my being. Yeah? And it's one of the things that, that the whole, being baptized in the spirit is really important for. I think it opens the floodgates. Okay. Now, if you look in John chapter 7... So 
I'm, I'm, I'm trying to link together. Oh, there's, there's so much teaching on this. I'm just trying to give you a lot of, of uh, references for it to help you understand. Oops, John chapter 7. Jesus said, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Um, You might have heard me say this recently. Jesus didn't offer you a drink. He offered you a river. And... He does say, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. But then, remember the lady at the, at the well? He said, actually, I'll give you, you'll never thirst again. So, so the, 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 what Jesus is offering us is not that, you know, you will be repeatedly thirsty, so you have to keep coming back for another top-up drink. He says, I'm going to give you something so you never thirst again. And in this place, I'm not just going to give you a drink, I'm going to give you a river. Now, again, a lot of people in, in Christian circles think that being filled with the Spirit is actually keep on coming back when you're thirsty after you've got a little bit dry. So that's not a good way to do Christianity. The best way to do Christianity is never to get dry. Okay? That's why he wants to have a river. And I, I, again, I, I preached about this a few months back. Um, but when um, we'd had a prophecy, particularly uh, it came from Andy Merrick about, about in the days of Noah, there's going to be a revival like in the days of Noah. Which, and in the Noah's flood, basically you have water that came up from the earth and down. Came from within and on top. Yep. So, and I think that's a good image of Christianity. See, I believe I have a river of living water inside me that is always flowing. And it's, it's flowing so it overflows to the world around me. And it overflows with signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm a living river, in that sense, of overflow of God's Holy Spirit towards other people. Um, and basically what's said is that a river is a river even when it's not raining. Yeah? So a river remains a river even when it's not raining. But if there's never any rain, it will probably dry up. So you need the two things. You live from the river, but it's sensible when it's raining to get out in the rain. So it's like me, on, often on a Sunday evening, I'll, I lie and I'm just letting it soak into me. <laughs> the presence of God is just, I'm, I'm, I'm letting the rain of heaven fall onto me. And, and I'm just going to comment on, uh, see the, the song we sang, I love the song we sang, did a great job tonight by the way. I'm desperate for you. See, I, I'm desperate for God, not because I'm so dry, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm desperate because I want more. Because I know there's more. That's a massive difference. So this idea, oh, I'm desperate because I've got so dry and you're my, oh, I'm gasping for, I need a drink. Somebody give me a drink. That's not healthy Christianity. But it's good to be desperate for more. Because there's always more of him to discover. Yeah? So baptism in the spirit, I would suggest to you, is the unlocking of the floodgates of heaven. And you will know if it's happened to you. And with it comes gifts. So that the evidence in the New Testament of, of uh, when people have been baptized in the Spirit, broadly speaking, was, was speaking in tongues and prophecy. 
there are two things. There are other gifts that obviously flow from that. Um, and in Mark 16, did you notice it talks about the signs that will follow? If they will speak in other tongues. So, so it's, when people say, well, is it for everyone? Because in, in, you know, in Corinthians it says, oh, not every, not everybody speaks in tongues. Well, that's actually really more talking about the public exhortation of tongues. Yeah. Because it can be confusing. Oh, not, no, no, not everybody gets in tongues. The Bible tells you not everybody speaks in tongues. No, don't. It, Jesus, in Mark 16, it says, these signs will accompany those who believe. So do you believe? So that's one of yours. It's for you. That's why I'm so confident in, uh, that, that believers can speak in tongues. Rather than a bit hit and miss, might be the gift God wants you to have, or maybe not. Because if you, if you treat it like that, you'll, you'll, you'll struggle to, to, to enter into it with faith. So, let's have a look at, uh, let's have a look at Acts chapter 8. This is fun. Um, in Acts chapter 8, you've got the story of Philip going down to Samaria. And uh, what we know is that Philip is a man who's filled with the Spirit. Because he's one of the, uh, the seven um, who were chosen uh, by the church in Jerusalem uh, to be uh, the man who directs in, like, the distribution of food amongst them because the apostles can no longer keep up with, with that all. So it's a task that needs to be done, and it's appointed to, to, to seven people who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. So we know that Philip's full of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, later on in, in the book of Acts, he's called... Uh, an evangelist, and we know that he has four daughters who are prophetesses. So he, he, he's, this is guy's a capable guy. He's an evangelist who's obviously got enough, enough prophetic anointing on him to, pr- to produce four daughters who are prophets. Um, but what you will find out, he actually is not an apostle. Because <laughs> actually one of the things it doesn't occur to him to do is actually, when he gets down there, he, he does signs and wonders. It's amazing. So if you look at it... Um, uh, it, it basically says he goes there and the miraculous signs are happening, demons are coming out, there's joy in the whole city, the evidence of the activity of God is obvious, and then people are getting baptized. Yeah? So he's baptizing people. Um, and then the apostles in Jerusalem hear about it, and they, they send uh, the, uh, Peter and John go down to Samaria. Okay? So it says that... <clears throat> Verse 12 of Acts chapter 8, when they, that's the people, believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Okay, So they were baptized in water. Simon himself believed, Simon the sorcerer, and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. So the great signs and miracles, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. Do you find that? That's a bit, that's amazing, isn't it? Well, it looks like he has. It's easy to, to, to mistake the activity of the Holy Spirit for the filling of the Spirit. Just because you're in an environment where the Holy Spirit is active doesn't necessarily mean to say that you've been filled. Okay? <clears throat> it says they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, in one sense, you could think, well, if they believed in Jesus and they were baptized, had they received, surely they had to receive the Holy Spirit when they were born again. 
Yeah, because you can't be born again unless by the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that enables you to be born again. So in some sense, they had received the Holy Spirit, but in another sense, they hadn't. And this is one of the arguments I have that people say, well, everybody's got, every Christian's got the Holy Spirit, haven't they? I say, yes, they have. But not everybody's actually unplugged the full potential of that through baptism in the Spirit. Okay? So, then go to Acts chapter 10, and God does a, I think, it's, I think it's fascinating what God does here because he reverses the process. I'd say the chronology is not the important thing. <clears throat> um, in Acts chapter 10, you've got the story with Cornelius and, and his household. <laughs> and it, again, it's just one of those amazing supernatural stories um, that the Bible is full of. And uh, so uh, Cornelius has had you know, angels giving him messages and stuff like that. Peter has these trances on on the rooftop in Joppa, getting him ready to go and eat with the Gentiles because that's what's going to be necessary if he's going to take the good news of Jesus to the Gentiles. So so Peter goes into their house and he gives them a sermon. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, that's while he's still preaching, the Holy Spirit came on all who'd heard the message. And I think this amuses me because I just thought, yeah, I reckon he probably went on a bit too long. Uh, I thought, actually, I'm always happy if God comes and interrupts my preaching. If he sweeps in and does something, I'm just going to stand back and let him go. Because he's the main event, not my sermon. Um, so, So God interrupts Peter's message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished. What were they astonished about? That the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. See, they were astonished because they thought it was only for the Jews. They had it locked into a Jewish mindset. And God was breaking out. Why? Because he wants to reach all the world. And he's going to do it. <laughs> and so before they even get a chance to, to, to respond to Peter's message, the Holy Spirit is poured out on them. Uh, and it says, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. There it is, they're speaking in tongues. Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their, their being baptized with water. So these guys are baptized with water after they've been baptized in the Spirit. Okay, so what I'm saying, it's not a chronology. You've got to get it right which way around. Just make sure you've done both. Yeah, be baptized and be baptized in the Spirit. <clears throat> Because these are foundations for your faith. Um, in Acts chapter 11, as soon, as soon as Peter gets back to Jerusalem, he had to give an explanation to the other Jews there, who were basically taking him for t- to task. And the reason they took him to task was that he went and ate with Gentiles. So he, he, he'd done something that was against the law. <laughs> Um, And this is Peter's explanation to them. He says, as I began to speak, so maybe I haven't been going on that long, um, the Holy Spirit came on them. (laughs) God was in a hurry. The Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Interesting. So the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remember what the Lord has said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, got it? So this is Peter saying, this is right, okay, this is baptism in the Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Do not try and get in God's way. He will have his way. When they, that's the others, heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, so then even to Gentiles God has granted repentance that leads to life. Is that powerful? Is that powerful? 
How important is this to God? That people are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's vitally important. So important that he ensured it got done. Even cutting across <laughs> his apostles. You know, that, that early church who were obviously having a fantastic... He, he said, no, that, you haven't quite got it yet, guys. I've got to break it out further. And the way he does it is by pouring out the Holy Spirit. The way that the, the, the church in Jerusalem were convinced it was God was because of the activity of the Holy Spirit. So just ask yourself a question. Have I got the evidence of being baptized in the Spirit in my life? And that will be the sense of a river flowing and the gifts of the Spirit at work in you and through you. Now it might be that you need that refreshing. Maybe you've allowed yourself to get dry or maybe you've not had it in the first place or maybe you're quite happy going along with it. So I'm not, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I cover all the bases. I'm reckoning that most of you in this room would have had the experience of baptism in the Spirit previously but probably not absolutely everybody. And I want to give that opportunity for you tonight. Okay. How many, how many of you knowingly prayed for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Good number. But, cause actually, it's a really important part of Christianity. Because if you're meant to go out there and make disciples, and you're meant to come baptism in the Spirit, it's part of it. Actually, you need to have confidence in this. You need to be confident that you can pray for people to be baptized in the Spirit, and it will happen. So I'd like to deal with that. Not just have you been baptized in the Spirit, but are you confident that you can pray for other people to be baptized in the Spirit and it will happen? So I'm not going to ask for a show of hands on that. (laughs) Because we need to be. We need to be. So how can you be confident? Well, let me show you one. There's um, the passage. I've got so many notes on this, I'm going, yeah, in Luke chapter 11. Okay, Luke chapter 11. Jesus says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. So what happens if you ask? Any circumstances where it won't be given? No. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks... And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now he goes on to this is further explanation. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Do you think that's a... a is he asking a genuine question or, or, is, or is he being ironic? What do you think? I would suggest it's irony. He's, he's saying, this is a stupid idea, isn't it? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. He said, look, guys, don't be so stupid. You'd never do this. And then he says, if you then, though you are evil, which is a bit, hmm, between the eyes. <laughs> if you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? My confidence is in that. It's just ridiculous to think that God won't give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Absolutely ridiculous. So am I confident that if you ask, you'll receive? Oh, yeah. 
doesn't occur to me it wouldn't happen. Will you always benefit from what you receive? Well, that depends a little bit on how you interact with what you receive. <clears throat> so if I tell you what happened to me, when, when, see, I, um, God baptized me in the Spirit out of the blue. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was not long being born again, and uh, I'm pretty certain I haven't been baptized. I can't remember that date of my baptism, but I'm pretty certain it was before I was got baptized in water. And I was in this meeting... Um, uh, worshipping, and all of a sudden, <laughs> this strange feeling came over me that, that I couldn't contain. Up. And it was like joy was exploding inside me, and I had this explosion of joy that just came out. And then with it came out this strange noise. Well, <laughs> oh, that's weird. And it was just like, wow, goodness me, that is really strange. <laughs> and... and I'd had no teaching on baptism of the Spirit, no preaching on, teaching on speaking in tongues. So it, and I was, a, I was a 17-year-old, you know, like with completely no religious ba- background, just <laughs> trying to find out what it means to be a Christian. It was kind of alarming. I was, ah! And I, I, was, I was already um, a bit concerned about my mates thinking I was weird. I got religion. This, this, this wasn't helping. This was not helping. <laughs> Fortunately, I think, well, at least they're not here to watch, see me. Um, and uh, so it was, it was a kind of weird thing. And then I had to battle with it. And what went on in my mind was this, was, was you know, I started and, and, you know, reading and I think somebody gave me a brief explanation of what was happening. Cause they, <laughs> but what went on in my mind was, well, I hope it's genuine. Because I don't want to do it if it's not. Anybody else had that thought? I don't want to make this up. I really want this to be, is it, isn't it, what is it? Because you can't understand. It's not an intellectual, say, it's not intellectually understood. So I started to process it. And, and because I wanted to be so genuine and I wasn't convinced that I wasn't making it up, I stopped. Out of genuine motivation, but error. So I, I didn't use the gift I had for nine months. Now, what I then effectively did was stopped the flow of the Holy Spirit in my life. Yeah? I had received, but I didn't benefit from what I'd received. You with me? <laughs> if, you don't, if, you're not, if you don't hold on to that, it, it says... He who has more will be given. He who has not, even what he has will be taken away from you. I considered I hadn't got it. So even what I got, I lost. But he who has more. What that says is once you think you've got it, it will grow. So my gift didn't grow. I lost it. It wasn't that God didn't give it to me. He did. It's ridiculous to think he won't give it. But I lost the benefit of what he gave me for my months. Until somebody helpfully managed to persuade me that it was a genuine gift. And have, you know what that did for me? That's one of the reasons I think that I speak in tongues 24 hours a day. I thought, I, I thought I'm not going to get suckered out of this again. <laughs> Seriously, I've got, I thought, you know, I, I just missed nine months. So that was it. I, miss, I did. I missed nine months of, of the goodness of God flowing through my life. I thought, I'm not doing that again. That's stupid. So it was, it was just after that I heard somebody say, you can, you know, speak in tongues 24 hours a day. I thought, you know what, I'm, 
That's going to be mine. And I started with this, and it's gradually grown, and for 40 years that's been my life. And it's a really important part of my life. <clears throat> so, how do you know it's genuine? Would you like an answer to know the answer to that? Will that help you? And then we're going to get praying. It's extremely simple, okay? So if you could turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I don't know if that's going to come up on beyond there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this. At the beginning of this chapter. About the gifts of the Spirit, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed or ignorant. Do you know, it's, possibly, it's possible to be ignorant about the spiritual gifts. Uh, you know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced or led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know, this is interesting, I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God said, Jesus, is, Jesus be cursed. So, is anybody here wanting to curse Jesus tonight? I'm not expecting hands to go up, because that would be, but, 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 but this isn't, yeah, well, you a stupid question, that is. I, I, I guess you wouldn't be here if, if that was anything, anywhere near your heart. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be in this place, would you? So instead, how about this? And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Have you proclaimed Jesus is Lord in your worship tonight? You can't do that except by the Holy Spirit. That's the activity of God inside you. He, he's enabled that to happen. We wouldn't, you wouldn't be doing that unless you've been born again of the Spirit. When you want to speak in tongues, do you want to proclaim Jesus is Lord? It will be him. You can't do it any other way. It's as simple as that. It's a matter, what's the motivation of your heart? Is it to glorify Jesus? If it's to glorify Jesus, trust the gift. It's as simple as that. God doesn't make it difficult. He wants you to, under, to, to, to enjoy the gifts. He wants you to be filled. Do not let the devil dupe you like he duped me. Because I was trying to work out whether intellectually I was making it up or not. So I can say to you tonight, if you want to speak in tongues, go for it. Just make some sound. Say, well, is it genuine? It will be if you want to glorify Jesus. That cheating? No. God just wants to make it so easy for you to get going. It, it's not that difficult. You know, I've, I've seen people struggle with this over the years and oh, wish I could, and, and then they get fearful that they can't, that somehow they're left out, that this is a real struggle. It's not difficult, folks. All you need to do is start to make some noise. You can do it in private, you can do it out loud, you can do it in your head. I suggest you do it out loud with somebody else around. It just helps. Follow somebody else. Andrew's got a good idea. Just follow There are all sorts of funny ways that you can do it. Somebody, I, won't, I, won't, I won't do them otherwise they'll put you off. <coughs> you get this, this, this. Don't be ignorant. God has made it extremely, extremely simple. If you ask, you will... Receive. What you will receive? The Holy Spirit. What does he bring with him? Gifts. Why? Because he wants you to be built up and fully equipped to live the life that he's placed in front of you. So, number one. If you haven't been baptized and you are born again, I'm going to give you an opportunity to stand up and say, I'm going to get that sorted. So if that's you... I'm going to invite you to stand.
been born again, never been baptized. Oh, there's one. Well done. Congratulations. Never been baptized. Well done. Don't let any any denominational background stand in your way. There are ways of getting this done, okay? Great. Okay, thank you. Well done. That's probably brave. Well done. Now, how many of you like to receive the Holy Spirit tonight? Not not just for the first time, I'm not talking about. But how, how many like some rain? How many like some rain? Okay. Okay, so, so I'm going to pray for you, and the Holy Spirit's going to come right now. Now, just, just listen to me. If you know, well, if you do not know that you've been baptized in the Spirit, I want you to ask somebody to lay hands on you tonight who seems that they're confident in it. <laughs> because I want, I want you guys, I, you see, it'd be easy to say, come up and find me, because I, I know I can do it. That's not the point. I want you to know that you can do it. I've, I've, I've literally prayed for hundreds of people to be baptized in the Spirit. It doesn't occur to me that it won't happen. So it's easy for me. I'd like you to step over that line. So is there anybody here who thinks they need to be baptized in the Spirit tonight? Put your hand up. One over there. Anybody else? Put your hand in the air. One over there. Two couple over there. There. Okay. Is that four of you at least? Oh, over there. Can you keep your hands in the air? Cause, cause, are you happy for people to, 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 to come and pray for you? Okay. Can you just gather around these folks? So keep your hands in the air. And one of the things we want you to do as we do this, I want you to start speaking in tongues, okay? So don't make this, this is not a counselling session. Do not make it a counselling session. It's not problem oriented. All you're doing is laying hands on so that people receive the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come now and flood these people in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You paid the price for us to be baptised with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And we released the fire of heaven upon these people's lives right now. We release the liver of the Spirit to flow from within them. And I release the gifts of the Spirit into their lives right now. Hey! <laughs> if you've been prayed for, it doesn't take long, start to, start to make some sound. Okay, so if you're one of those being prayed for, start to make some sound. Just activate, activate the gift of tongues that, that, that you're, you're receiving, okay? These signs will accompany those who believe. You've made a believing response to Jesus tonight. So, Father, I release ah, the power of heaven and the gift of tongues and prophecy in these people right now. Is there anybody else who's not confident about praying in tongues, speaking in tongues? Anybody else who just don't want to put your hands in? Just let me know. If you're not confident about speaking in tongues, then, then get your hand in the air and people will pray for you. Okay? If you're not confident about speaking in tongues, just stick a hand in the air and people will pray for you. Just for those of you, those of you who said you're going to get baptised, I'd like you to find David Webster at the end of the meeting. I think he'll still be here, probably over by the welcome desk. Give him your name afterwards. We have the Holy Spirit 
inside us and he's a river so we can enable him to overflow onto other other people okay this is simple we simply overflow onto other people and then they get to have their own river okay sometimes you might feel hot we pray for the fire of heaven the fire of heaven the fire of heaven now how many of you, how many of you'd like to get get into the rain like to get some torrential rain going so father we release the rain of heaven in this place right now and I, I'm going to suggest you pray for each other right now. Pray for one another and release the rain of heaven into each other's lives. This could be fun. It could get messy. I, I'm going to suggest you do it using your gift of tongues as much as you possibly can. All right? Use the gift of tongues. Use your gift of tongues right now. Whoa! Father, we release the river of heaven in this place right now. We choose to overflow.